ഹാദ്രത്തിലിഫത്തുൽമസിഹദ്രത്തിൽമസിഹദ്രത്തിലിഫത്തുൽമസിഹദ്രത്തിലിഫത്തുൽമസിഹദ്രത്തിലിഫ
that one will receive more in return than it is a very ordinary bargain. It is as though turning one's sacrifice into a sort of trade instead of a gift. Although a trade is done with God, but there the meaning of that trade is different. Therefore, the word attahiyat, that is, gifts, has told us that in fact, whatever you present to God, you should present with this intention, that in return you should get some reward. And this reward should be of Allah's pleasure, and not a worldly reward. After understanding this meaning of gift, there will be an extraordinary impact on all our sacrifices. So the prayer has not explained to us just the financial sacrifices, but has explained the same about the bodily sacrifices. It says, that all homage of the tongue, person, or profession is due to Allah. By as-salawat is meant the bodily sacrifice, and by at-tayyibat are meant all pious things, which are by word or by action, or relate to one's person, which we present before God. So from this angle, all man's relations become relations of presenting a gift. One who accepts a gift has two positions. One is of a man who accepts a gift from a higher person compared to whom he is at a lower level, financially and in other respects also. Such a person has a great desire in his heart that I should somehow return a bigger gift, but he cannot fulfill that desire. Therefore, if the person to whom he wants to present a gift is truly honored, and has a generous heart, he accepts one's ordinary gift as something very great. Other than that, there is no way to fulfill the desire of this poor man's heart. As though the fulfillment of his heart's desire also depends on the generosity of some great man. So from this point of view, as far as giving of a gift to God is concerned, it is this very relationship. A gift is being presented to such an existence who is supreme in all respects, and he has no need. We do not even possess the capacity to present a gift to him. But when he accepts our humble gifts, it is because of generosity that he accepts it in such a way as though one has done a great thing. And since he has the power to grant more, therefore he automatically gives more. Otherwise, the one who was presenting a gift had the feeling of his poverty and scarcity. He is presenting in shame that what I am presenting, I am not worthy even to present this. because. My beloved is so great that whatever I could present to him, it is not worthy to be presented. So after this, for one to think 
that whatever I will present to him, he will return to me manifold, will be a mean thought. How lowly a thought it will be! It will spoil the very nature of the gift. Therefore, at the time of your relationship with Allah, you must not keep this thought of trade in mind, that I will give some now, and tomorrow I will receive more in return. Rather, you should think that what should be presented in the way of Allah, we don't possess the capacity for it, but our heart desires to present a gift. After giving a gift, if the receiver of the gift were to talk of returning the gift, one feels deeply ashamed. So one should present gifts before God with the intention that I feel as I give it, and I am giving according to whatever capacity I have. Otherwise, I ought to give much more than this. After giving, if Allah were to accept it, and does not immediately return in this very life, then to develop this thought in one's mind that people say by giving contributions one's income is blessed, but we have received no benefit, will be very low and mean thing, and it will no longer be a gift. Since it will not remain a gift, it will not be accepted either, because the word at has told us that it is only gifts which are accepted. Other things are not accepted. If you are presenting a gift, it is accepted. But if it is not a gift, then you do what you like. Allah is not interested. As a result of such sacrifices, you will not develop relationship with God. The second thing which At-Tahiyat teaches us is that we go before God five times a day and say, that all homage of the tongue, person or profession is due to Allah. But one does not keep giving the old gifts again and again. When we present the same words before God in each sitting posture of the prayer, that then no way can it mean that whatever good we did once or whatever sacrifice we presented to God once, the same we continue to give Him as a gift. Because even in His worldly relations, one does not do such a thing. And if he were to do this, he will be considered insane and foolish. Therefore, five times a day, the Salat prayers gives us this message, that have you done any pious deed during the time in between any two prayers? If you have spoken even a word in the duration between the two prayers, then according to the saying of the Holy Prophet, May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And according to the pronouncements of the Holy Quran, it is also a gift and a good deed. Even if it is only a good word, it is counted as a good deed. Therefore, if in this duration you have not been able to do some other good deed, then you might have been enabled to praise God.
or might have been enabled to give good advice to someone, if not to strangers, then at least to your wife, to your children, or to your friends, you might have been able to offer some good advice. During the time which passes between two prayers, you have to make some gift or another, and it is the same gift which will be presented before God. So reflecting over this, when you say in your prayer, that all homage of tongue, person or profession is due to Allah, then often your heart will tremble that we have come empty-handed and are uttering this, that, O Allah, we want to present a gift before you. Rather, it is in plural. We want to present gifts before you. Wassalawat, through good deeds, through sacrifice of our person also. Wattwayyibat, and presenting good things also. Thus, after understanding this subject, the meaning of attahiyat becomes much wider and encompasses all spheres of life. It reminds us to fill good deeds in the times between our daily prayers and tells us that only those good deeds will be accepted by God which are in the form of gifts and nothing else. It is the same message which has been given to us in that you don't understand the definition of piety if you don't know that whatever you present to Allah should be the best. If you do not have the disposition to present what is the best, then you do not realize that one should present before God what is best. You don't know the definition of piety. Thus the definition of piety and the definition of gift have become the same. Because for a gift also one selects the good things. But to give as tax one selects a bad thing. When the tax collectors come to collect tax on farm produce, then a farmer never selects the best grain to give to them as tax. Whatever is the worst grain, which had been waterlogged or blackened, he will give that as tax. The subject of gift is entirely opposite. So, in fact, in the verse that you cannot attain piety unless you spend out of what you love, it is the gift which is being defined. as long as you do not love. So it is only as a result of love that a gift is offered. And since a gift is presented to the Beloved, therefore one prints a loving thing. So only those deeds will be accepted which are loved by you, which you can present with pride. Those good things which may be financial sacrifices or the words of praising Allah. All the good things which you present, you want to present them in such a form that they are adorned and look good and are pleasing in your sight.
that, O Prophet of God, we send salam on you. This salam, in fact, is being presented in the form of a gift, because after presenting gifts to God, the most beloved person that we see is the person of His Holy Muhammad Mustafa, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And after presenting gifts to Allah, if any person has the most right to a gift, is the person of the Holy Prophet In this connection, some people ignorantly raise a question that the Messenger of Allah has been addressed here as second person, which means that, God forbid, he is omnipresent. It is only the person who is present is addressed directly. If this argument is correct, then Allah will not remain omnipresent, because in this address it is not said, but it is said, Thus Allah has become the third person, and Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah, may peace and blessings be upon him, has become the second person. And so this subject will become baseless and meaningless. So here the form of address has a different meaning. Sometimes the second person address is changed into third person address to show honor and respect. And at times the third person address is changed into second person address to show honor and respect. When we say Azrat, it is because the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is absent, but is respected also, because the word ah in Arabic is for honor. But in UP in India, when they address a person who is present, they use the third person form of address to tell someone that we respect you greatly. And at times the person who is not present is addressed in second person form to show respect. For instance, we say, you have said, we are addressing the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, as you, whereas he is absent. So this form of address here has the same meaning. For honor and respect, the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is being addressed as you, whereas he is absent. God is present, but for honor and respect, he is being addressed as a third person. You find this phraseology in all the languages of the world. So in view of Allah's greatness and glory, despite his being present, the address is in the third person form, and the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is mentioned as the next level after the station of God. Therefore, despite his being absent, he is addressed as second person. Therefore, more than this, it has no other meaning. God forbid, it does not mean, as some Muslims believe, 
that when we send salam, the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, comes and stands before us, as though he will come and stand before every worshipper at the same time. It is an utterly ignorant and has no link with reality. Such a thought is idolatry. Whenever you say, Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, O the Holy Prophet, you are addressing in this form to show honor and respect, and you are not addressing thinking that he is standing before you. It then progresses to the next stage, as we say. That may there be salam on all of us also. After the second person comes the address of the first person. So from this point of view also, there is a beauty of eloquence in At-Tahiyat. There was a mention of Allah in the third person, then in the second person was the address to Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. To which we have entered the first person and included all the believers with us, no matter whether they are present or not present. Therefore, there is no discussion of presence here. It is only a talk of levels. And it is a beauty of expression which is gradually changing its form of address in such magnificent way. Then Islam was sent on all the righteous servants of Allah. Reaching this subject, whatever meanings we had learnt from the chapter Al-Fatiha, it has reached to their perfection in one part. After the praise of Allah was the praise of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And in it we said all kinds of prayers for us and for all the believers and developed personal relationship with Allah. Now the question arises that after all this, what is the occasion of? That I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship except God. And why has it been placed here? As far as I have reflected, I feel that the kalima in fact is present in the chapter Al-Fatiha and is also present in chapter Al-Fatiha. This subject is of chapter Al-Fatiha itself, which reaches perfection here, and we are being told this in a new style. When we say, that to you do we worship, and from you alone we seek help. Here we are not only affirming our faith in Allah as an existence worthy of worship, but by the word Iyaka, we are denying everything other than Allah. So in actual fact, the subject of is expressed with great magnificence, though in different words, in 
after that as we entered the subject of An'amta alayhim, then the greatest prophet on whom the most blessings were showered was Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. That is why when we say this prayer during Salat, that guide us on the path of those on whom you bestowed your blessings, then the prophet who clearly overwhelms one's mind is His Holiness Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He it is who overwhelms the mind and he it is who is absorbed in the heart. And in fact, the names of all other prophets are included with his name. Therefore, among those people who were bestowed with blessings, the most important mention is of Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And in other words, the same thing was mentioned as La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah There is none worthy of worship except God and Muhammad is his messenger. Since the Salat prayer had given spiritual training stage by stage and the subject of chapter Al-Fatiha continued to become clear to us and the highest ascent of this subject is this kalima Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu but here this kalima has been uttered after experience and not just as an ideology the chapter al-fatiha has passed us through such experiences of relationship with Allah and has made the station of the holy prophet may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him clear to us this way that at the time of presenting gifts first of all the thought of Allah's existence rose in our mind and immediately after that the thought that rose in our mind was of Hazrat Muhammad the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam so the same subject reminded us that these are the two things which are real the rest is all fiction allah's existence and muhammad the messenger of allah and the rest are all those who are linked to them and it is because of their link with them that their existence is established thus far the tour of chapter al-fatiha was a tour of the present and the future here the address is made in the present form and the supplications are being made for the present or for the future now the salat will take you on a tour of the other tasks also and will bring for you the memories of the past for instance you see that from the beginning to the end as long as we do not recite the kalima la ilaha illallah or do not bear witness to it until then all our prayers relate to the future in this sense even when sending prayers on the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him he is not addressed as a person in the past but has been addressed as a person who is present 
one meaning of this also is that his time is living he is such a living prophet who with respect to time is no longer restricted to the past but is a prophet of the present time and of the future therefore since the subject thus far was connected to the present and the future times therefore his mention was made among them now the prayer also takes us to the past for instance immediately after this when we send the durood prayer we say wa sallata ala ibrahima wa ala ali ibrahima innaka hamidum majid kahkar we say prayer for the pious people of the past therefore after the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him the man who deserves the most that salam is sent to him is hazrat abraham may peace and blessings of allah be upon him abraham is also called abul anbiya the father of the prophets hazrat abraham is that great prophet in whose progeny his holiness muhammad mustafa may peace and blessings of allah be upon him was born he is that great prophet whose prayers were granted acceptance by allah and the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him is the best fruit of his prayers so to show this relationship and to tell that if you pray for your benefactors and present gifts to them then you must remember a great benefactor of the past he is abraham may peace and blessings of allah be upon him and with reference to him sent once again the salam to hazrat muhammad the messenger of allah may peace and blessings of allah be upon him the salam we are in fact sending on the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him but linking the person of abraham with the person of may peace and blessings of allah be upon him was born he is that great prophet whose prayers were granted acceptance by allah and the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him is the best fruit of his prayers so to show this relationship and to tell that if you pray for your benefactors and present gifts to them then you must remember a great benefactor of the past he is abraham alayhi salatu wassalam and with reference to him sent once again the salam to hazrat muhammad the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam the salam we are in fact sending on the holy prophet but linking the person of abraham with the person of the holy prophet we present a great tribute to hazrat abraham also may peace and blessings of allah be upon both of them in the words kama sallata is an ongoing salam it is not a salam of only the past people understand this subject wrong also it does not mean that as the salam was sent on hazrat abraham and it ended similarly we send salam to the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him you have to ask for such limited salam for the holy prophet then it is better not to ask it in kama sallata since it is an incident of the past 
the salam had started in the past. That is why a past tense has been used. Otherwise, in no way does it mean that such a salam has ended at the time of the Holy Prophet. A peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. But the Holy Quran itself is telling us that Hazrat Abraham's name will be remembered with salam till the days of judgment among the Akhreen, the latter-day people. He will be remembered with salam. So in this way, the meaning of the Darud prayer will be that, O Lord, please send on Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa, a peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, salam, which should continue forever as you had sent the ever-continuing salam on Hazrat Abraham, a peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. As in the progeny of Hazrat Abraham, you grew great fruits, similarly grow great magnificent fruits in the progeny of Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa, a peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and upon his followers. As you loved Abraham, and the progeny of Abraham and loved all of those who had followed Abraham similarly please love Muhammad Musa sallallahu alaihi wa wasallam his progeny and all those who follow him therefore the mention of Hazrat Abraham in the Durood prayer takes on another color and since it is mentioning a benefactor of the past Therefore, the prayer of the Salat extends in time and links with the past. Based on this link, later on, you have been taught a prayer for your parents also. In First, the children are mentioned, but it has linked all the times. O oh Allah, make me observe prayer and also make my children to observe prayer. O oh, our Lord, accept our prayer. O oh, my Lord, forgive me and forgive my parents also. So, as spiritual parents of the Holy Prophet, may peace and bless Allah be upon him, have been mentioned, similarly, the one who is praying has mentioned his parents also. Forgive me, forgive my children and my parents also. So whatever spiritual link between Hazrat Abraham, the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon both, and the coming generations has been put before us, Similarly, in this prayer, a spiritual relation has been shown between own children, one's own self, and one's parents, and a prayer has been taught for it. So, if you say your prayers with reflection, it is an ongoing subject which can never end. It is impossible that one should do one's duty of Salat in each and every respect. Therefore, you will have to pause a little at some place or another and derive the pleasure of Salat. And this depends on your temperament and your situation. If you at each word and say your prayer reflecting in this way, 
then just one prayer will continue for 24 hours and this is not possible therefore Allah has made man's nature in such a way that his disposition changes continuously at times a man is saying his prayers in a special disposition and at other times in a different disposition at times it is the first part of the chapter Fatiha which has captivated the heart and does not let you move ahead at times the heart is captivated as you reach the middle part at times the ending part at times in the bowing posture or in prostration so various people in varying situations have the capacity according to their nature to get pleasure in Salat in various forms therefore whoever will seek this pleasure and poses immediately he will find something to suit his nature and there he will enjoy more and this way there is no Salat of man which can remain deprived of fruit and enjoyment but if one is to say prayer in a state of ignorance the prayers of all one's life will remain empty there will be emptiness such containers that when you present them before God saying they will be hollow containers of attahiyat in which there will be neither as-salawat nor toyibat it will be a joke a deception with yourself and it will be an attempt also to deceive God may Allah make us so that he may fill our worship with his praise fill with such praise that our lives should continue to be perfumed for good with the praises of Allah our persons should receive pleasure from Allah's presence as Hazrat promised Messiah may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him had said and the colors of Allah and his qualities should prevail in us this is the Salat which eventually makes one godly this is the prayer that whenever a man enters it each time he returns with a new pearl and returns with a new gem never has a man returned from such a prayer empty-handed and the more he progresses the more he takes on Allah's colors the more humility develops in him the more he becomes worthy of the postures of buying and of prostrations and instead of arrogance humility increases in him may Allah so destined that we are granted such prayers they are granted to our elders and to our young to the present generation and to the future generations also ending this subject today I want to mention another incident today a very dear friend of ours who was a very beloved person of the Jamaat UK that is Chaudhary Hadayatullah Sahib Bangui who suddenly departed from us this morning and reached in presence of his friend in high I have known him for a long time when I was a student I had developed a brief contact with him
He was born in 1916, and during his education and afts also, whatever situation he was in, he had been the best servant of the Jamaat. In one way or another, he was enabled to serve the Jamaat. Before partition of India, he was Qaid of Khuddamul Ahmadiyya organization in Delhi. After partition, when the Jamaat Karachi was established anew, the Jamaat Karachi was already established, but the organization was set up in a new form. Then Hazrat Muslim Aud directly appointed him a member of the Amila Committee of the Jamaat in Karachi. Anyway, there are various servants of the Jamaat who are enabled to serve the Jamaat in various ways. There is not one or two, but with the grace of Allah, these days there are thousands who pass a similar kind of life. About Bangui Sahib, I want to say a few special words. By nature, he was a man who served others. He served not only the Jamaat, but due to his employment, which was mostly in the foreign office, and under that he was appointed in various embassies in the world. He has given such selfless service to everyone that the non-Ahmadis, whether they were his officers or served under him, whosoever has passed some time with him, always remember him with deep love. Some times ago, I had received a letter from a friend of Bangui Sahib in America, in which said that he is such a person who is not worthy to be forgotten. He is a person who gives great service and shows much kindness. So in the time when I came from Rabwa, the period which I call of migration, and settled temporarily in United Kingdom, as soon as I arrived here, I gave this general call. Who it is who for the sake of Allah, in the name of Allah, will help me. Among the voices which answered my call was also the voice of Hadatullah Sahib Bangwi. And in that voice was such sincerity and such honesty that after that, I saw him absorbed in the service of faith at all hours. Even in grave illness, he used to hide his illness so that no one may stop him, and remained immersed in service. And I bear witness that among those voices, this voice was certainly true and was a voice raised by a sincere heart. The whole life which he then spent with me was an example that he had truly entered the Ansar, helpers of Allah. There are many among them who have fulfilled their intentions, and there are some who have presented themselves before God after having fulfilled their intentions, and there are some who are still waiting. May Allah have mercy on this man. He spent his time to his last breath in service. After each annual convention, when I congratulated him and said that you have served well, may Allah accept it.
he always overcame with emotion and always said two things. One was that my service is nothing, it is the fruit of your prayers and then used to insist that I am not saying this formally but I am saying this with full certainty of my heart that it is all the fruit of your prayers and I have no relevance. Secondly, he used to remind me of this prayer that please always pray for me that I should remain on my feet and serve the faith to the last breath. Overcome by emotion, Huzur says. ऐसा ही हुआ ये जलसा जो बहुत ही कामयाब गुजरा है आपने देखा कि किस तरह इनको सख्त बीमारी की हालत में भी चलते फिरते दीन की तोफी मिलती रही सुबह जब मेरी बेगम को पता चला कि बंगवी साहब फात पा गए हैं तो कहती हैं कि रात बड़ी देर तक मैं नीचे से इनकी आवाजें सुनती रही ये आकर मेहमानों के लिए हदायतें दे रहे थे और सोच भी नहीं सकता था कोई इतनी करारी और बुलंद आवाज वाला शख्स जो इस तरह रात गए तक बहुत देर तक मेहमानों की खिदमत में मसरूफ है सुबह अचानक रुखसत हो जाएगा दैट इट है this annual convention which has been most successful you saw him in illness he kept on his feet and was enabled to serve early this morning when my wife learned that bangvi sahib had passed away she said that till late at night i heard his voice he was giving instruction for the guests and one could not have imagined that a man of such resolute and loud voice who is busy in the service of the guests till late at night will depart us in the morning but anyway this is also a great favor of allah that since 1985 when i had appointed him officer jalsa he continued to discharge his responsibilities extremely well and with success as though all this life was on lease the doctors had lost hope but his passion to serve the faith was sustaining him and allah accepted his passion and gave him a new end of life although separation does pain man but some separations together with pain carry happy feelings also his separation is of this type as a man is departing after a successful tour people bid him farewell with deeply grieved heart but at the same time with sincere feelings of her congratulations also so i bid farewell to this departing friend with the same feelings overcome by emotion huzur says ye jaane wale hum bahut mahmoor hamara din tere sadme se ghayal ho gaya hai लेकिन हम सभी अकल के साथ तुझे मुबारकबाद पेश करते हैं तुमने एक कामयाब अहमदी की जिंदगी गुजारी और एक कामयाब अहमदी की हालत में आखिरी सांस तक जिंदा रहा और इसी हालत में जान जानी जान आफरी के सबूत की अल्लाह बेशुमार रहमत पर नाजिर फरमाए दैट ओ दन हु इज डिपार्टिंग वी आर डीपली ग्रीव्ड अवर हार्ट इज मेल्टिंग विद योर ग्रीफ बट विद सिंसियर हार्ट we congratulate you and say mubarakbad you have lived a life of a successful ahmadi and lived as a successful ahmadi 
to your last breath and in the same condition gave your life to the life giver. May Allah send limitless mercy on his soul and may keep this team firmly established on the same piety, the team which he had prepared with hard work, devotion and prayers. May Allah grant us a better replacement for him. May Allah enable his children that they should revive his qualities in their person and thus give him a new life. As far as Jamaat Ahmadiyya is concerned, he will inshallah always remain alive in its history. May Allah always make him and his children inherit his blessings and grant his soul a place in the most sublime paradise. Amen. After this, I want to make this brief announcement that immediately after the Juma prayer, we will inshallah say his funeral prayer. Together with his funeral, there will also be some funerals in absentia, which have perhaps been announced earlier. It was my wish that at the close of this annual convention, his funeral prayer should be said at Islamabad. Therefore, in view of this wish, his relatives have quickly prepared his coffin with hard work. So all of you should keep in your places after Juma prayer, except a few friends who will go out with me and stand behind his coffin to say the funeral prayers. You should stand in the same positions. Alhamdulillah, <coughs> Alhamdulillah, in Amudu, when a Stainu, when a Takhu, when no man obey, when a Tawakalwale, when I was will him in Shuduri and Fusena, when in Sayatia Malena, when I was will him in Shuduri and Fusena, when in Sayatia Malena. من يعذه الله فلا مذل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي الله ونشهد الله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل واللسان ويتاع ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء منكر والبغي يذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم ودوه يستجب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر